Hello, everyone. Um, this is your girl, Shagilola Salami. It's the Shagilola Salami Show, a virtual cafe sh- um, podcast. Um, so last week, um, I'm still reeling from what happened to me last week, right? Because I don't know if you, if you listen to the show regularly. Last week, I locked myself out of the house and I then decided to get a locksmith and it cost me 60 pounds. And I'm still just like shaking my head that I spent 60 pounds for mm. five minutes worth of work like seriously right so that's why i just have to sort of say it again because i still think oh my god did i just do that right but anywho, who have i got here with me hi i'm clyde mccauley i'm uh, here from portland maine in the united states hello clyde how are you i'm great we've had a beautiful uh, autumn fall here and uh, the leaves have been absolutely gorgeous they're all falling to the ground now and it's getting ready to turn into winter Yes, 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 yes. Um, okay, well, it is a cafe, virtual cafe, all the all the same, but what would you like? Well, I don't know if you have sipping chocolate or not, if you have that. If not, I would like an Earl Grey uh, tea. Okay, well, we could, it's a virtual cafe, so we can get you anything you can imagine. You know, think of it like a Star Trek ship. Um, ship. So, <laughs> what, do you want Earl Grey or do you want hot chocolate? I think I'd like hot chocolate, the sipping chocolate, yes, the dark sipping chocolate. Perfect. I have just the right thing for you. Um, and do you like it creamy as well? Yes, please. Oh, yes. You know, you're a man after my own heart when it comes to hot chocolate. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I enjoyed that movie a few years back. Uh, chocolate, I think it was called or something like that. All right. Okay. Well, yeah. whilst, the, whilst we're getting the hot chocolate ready virtually, All right. All right. Uh, tell me a bit about yourself. Well, I want to tell you a little about myself. I was raised in uh, the South here in the United States in Arkansas. Uh, that's down in the South. And uh, I was born in 1941. So I'm older than dirt, as you might think right now. But um, uh, I was born to a, a poor family out on a little poor little farm and poor dirt. And um, we were, there were six kids. I was the last of the six kids that were born to my family. My daddy was 60 years old and my mother was 40 years old when I was born. So I was born eight years after the rest of the clan. And so I was obviously well planned, but uh, I was, uh, uh, you know, I, I kind of, I didn't really realize we were so poor until I started school and saw some of the other kids and some of the things they were having. And so forth. then one day I said to my daddy, I said, daddy, we're poor, aren't we? And he just kind of stopped down the, we were walking down the road and he stopped and he looked at me and he said, Clyde, he said, we're not poor. We're just a little short on money. And I thought to myself, you know, that's, he had this thing where he he saw the glass half full, not half empty. So I've tried to always kind of stick with that as I uh, grew up thinking we're not poor. We're just a little short on money, which is, there's a difference in in the outlook on things when you see it that way. But anyway, I decided that I was going to go to college. None of the other kids of my, my five siblings, uh, three of them had not finished high school. This was in uh, two of the boys went to world war two. The older brothers uh, when I was born and uh, and then my sisters they didn't go to they finished high school but I was the only one that went to college I told my mother I said I'm going to get I want to get a college education and I want to do it in art and so she liked that idea she knew that I liked to draw and paint and so forth and uh, so she uh, saved her money and bought a little easel for me and we got some paints for me and so I started doing artwork and so forth. so anyway I went on to to college and wound up uh, being teaching college uh, in the uh, uh, colleges and universities and, and went on to earn my doctorate and which my mother was totally 
didn't understand at all. Of course, I think she only had a fifth or sixth grade education. So when she came to my graduation and she wanted to, she said, now, Clyde, you're a doctor now. Can you write me a prescription? I said, no, mama, I'm ready. I can't do that. I said, uh, I don't have the right kind of doctor's degree for that. She said, I can't understand why anybody would go to school for all those years to be a doctor and not be able to write a prescription. I said, mama, I don't think I can ever explain that to you. <laughs> You know, because she just didn't have that capacity. <laughs> so anyway, uh, I went on and uh, I, I did, uh, I was a professor of art and uh, wound up being the last 20 years of my career. I was a director of an art school in, in uh, upstate New York. And uh, then I retired and uh, we, my wife and I actually moved to our part, part of the year, six months a year, we moved to Canada and ran some uh, cottage rentals there in the summer. But <clears throat> Excuse me. And uh, we decided to move over to Portland, Maine, so we'd be closer to our Canada uh, uh, rentals there. Anyway, to make a long story short, we do have done photography shows. I've, I've done photography as my artwork, and uh, my wife also did photography. We both write. Uh, I started writing, actually, after I retired. My kids had always said to me, Daddy, why don't you please write some stories about that you used to tell us about when you were a child, when you were a boy growing up in the sticks of Arkansas, when we went barefoot every summer, all, all summer long, we went barefoot and we ran through the woods and the streams and the creeks and, you know, did all those crazy things. And so uh, I thought, well, I think I'll write my little memoir and it's called uh, the boy on Shady Grove road. And it's, it's gotten a lot of uh, pretty good press. There's some wonderful reviews on Amazon with it and so forth. And I've uh, sold quite a few of those books. And it's, uh, so anyway, I started, I decided that, uh, that's what I wanted to do. And I have a lot of wonderful stories in there. You know, all the crazy things that we used to do, we used to try to figure out how to, <clears throat> how to, uh, make money because we were always short on money. So we would come up with all kinds of ideas. I remember one time we had an old record player that was called a big troll in those days and you had to crank the thing up and, uh, we broke the spring in it. Well, now we had a problem. We couldn't hear the, the records play on the old Victrola. So I got the bright idea if we were to take and just uh, a board and nail a nail through the board sticking up, then we could put the, the center of the record down over that nail and we could turn the record and then we had to figure out how to, to uh, make to hear. So I thought, now I see the needle on the record always goes down into a little groove. So I got a, a broom straw and put it in my, between my teeth and uh, put it down on the record and I had my, friend Kenny, he turned the record for me. I could barely hear the sound, but I found if I put my fingers in my ears, I could really hear the sound. And so we, then we started having other <clears throat> kids in the community come over and for a nickel, they got to listen while to the, <laughs> with the uh, straw in their teeth uh, as the uh, record was played. And when, for a penny more, they got to turn the records. <laughs> so anyway, we had all kinds of crazy things like that that we did. And we just had a blast growing up in the, in the hills. We didn't have any electricity uh, until I was seven years old. Uh, we didn't have a telephone, of course. In those days, kids didn't have, uh, you know, we didn't have uh, uh, things played with like kids do now. You know, we didn't have we didn't have TV. We didn't have uh, uh, these Xboxes. We didn't have uh, iPhones. We didn't have any of those kinds of things. In fact, our only phone that we had for a long time was Kenny and I strung a, a string or, or a wire between two tin cans and two trees quite a ways apart. And by pulling that really like strong and tight, they would, we could talk into a tin can and it would vibrate over the wire and we could hear it on the other end. So we charge kids to hear that too. <laughs> but anyway, we just, that one. do you remember that? Yes. Yeah. That I think a lot of kids hopefully have done those kinds of things. Some people use string string didn't work quite as well we found, mm -hmm. but uh, 
anyway, I'm just kind of rambling here, but I'm just kind of telling you a little bit about the, uh, my background and how we, uh, went about living out in the country and, uh, we would, you know, eat a lot of things out of the woods or all kinds of wild grapes and, and berries and so forth. And, uh, we were pretty much on our own all summers. Our our folks would let us somebody uh, go and do those kinds of things because they trusted us and they knew that we would do it. So anyway, I've written that book and it's really had a lot of appeal to a, <clears throat> a lot of, uh, 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 people. Uh, I, the, when I told a story one time, I was doing a book reading up in Canada. Uh, and, and uh, I told about that. My daddy said, uh, we're not poor. We're just a little short on money. And then he also told me, he said, the people down the road are poor. He said, they, uh, he said they eat uh, uh, sugar and, and mustard sandwiches on white bread because he said they don't have any very much money. And he said, you have bologna sandwiches. And I don't know if you know what bologna is or not, but he said, you have bologna sandwiches. And he said, so remember, you're not poor. Well, when I told this story up in Canada, I had a man come up to me and he said, you know, my daddy was a lobsterman. He's about the same age as I am. And he said, my daddy was a lobsterman. In those days, lobster meat was not considered a delicacy. It was considered poor man's food. He said it was what was uh, fed to prisoners and so forth. And he said, my daddy would bring home lobsters every night and we had to take a lobster sandwich to school every day. And I was so embarrassed to take those lobster sandwiches because that showed we were poor. He said, I would have given anything if I could have traded my lobster sandwich for one of your bologna sandwiches. Which, wow. you know, it's, you know, it's, it's relevancy, right? Things, uh, things that are, yeah. So anyway, I'm just kind of rambling, but I'm having fun with you. I'm, please feel free to interrupt me at any time and ask me anything. I do want to tell you a little bit about that. Uh, I've started a series of books now for uh, what we call middle grade kids here in the States. Uh, it would kind of be preteens, I suppose. Kids maybe eight, six, seven, eight, uh, up to 12 years old. And uh, I'm using my background of living in Arkansas and out in the sticks, as we call it, around in the country. And also during my, after high school, I lived five years in the Appalachian Mountains in Eastern Tennessee. And so uh, I learned a lot about that country up there then. And so I have writ I'm writ written a book. Okay, I'm gonna have to get a word in now. Oh, do <laughs> don't you? Don't you stop to taking a breath of air? I will, I'll take and sip a little coffee, a little of my hot chocolate and let you talk. Oh, <laughs> Seriously, you've given me a run for my money, right? Because I'm like, oh, good. I can stop to catch his breath in a second. He's going to catch his breath in a second. Okay. Right. So now I feel like, like just listening to you, it feels like, you know, one of those you should know, right? Those cassette players, right? Or you know, radio cassette that you put a pen in and you just sort of roll it round to rewind it. Yeah. Right. I just yeah. feel like. I have one of those virtually in my head and I rewound it to the very beginning, but then I started fast forwarding it and it's kind of like a projector and it's just gone really, really fast. And it's gone from 1941 to 2018. <laughs> Isn't that how life seems to you? Because it's like, you've gone from playing in the dirt to, oh wow, there was only the um, tin can telephones to those That's right. telephones to mobile phones that are bricks, and you've just seen the world change. Oh, unbelievable. Really unbelievable change. How does it, how does it feel to live through all of that? 
Well, you know, it's, it seems to me in some ways, I think that we, uh, I'm finding that people kind of enjoy nostalgia because I think they kind of enjoy looking back to the days when we, we thought they were horrible at the time, but now we look back and we think those were pretty good days. Uh, yeah. Times are kind of crazy right now, especially here in the States, and I guess a lot of the rest of the world too. Uh, we're having some uh, interesting uh, 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 congressional things and politics and so what's going on here in the States. But when I look back, I think about, you know, how, even though we didn't have very much back in those days, it still seems as though we had a lot. And, uh, and so I think you just kind of adjust yourself, you know, a, 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 a Coke, a Coca-Cola was a nickel and a donut was a nickel. And the other day, uh, or a cup of coffee was a nickel and went up to a dime. I remember the other day I went in to a little coffee shop. I got a, a cup of coffee and a donut and it was almost $5 us. And I thought, Oh my goodness, that's kind of like you and your, uh, your pounds you had to pay for your uh, getting your into your house. <laughs> yes. I know. It was just, that was, that was ridiculous. I, I, I just, I just think that's 60 pounds, right. That I could have done used to do something, you know, spectacular with my life. If I didn't have, if I had that money to throw away, I could have taken my daughter out and we would have had the most amazing day. And I spent right. it for five minutes worth of work. <laughs> five minutes. Well, you know, it is, it is what it is. At least I'm back indoors, you know, um, and the door, I've got my key. So I think it's just one of those ones where, because I wasn't going to go out with my handbag, like everything I need is always in my handbag. And I thought, well, I'm only dropping my daughter off at nursery. So there's really no need, you know, taking so much stuff with me. Let me get, and I will not be doing that again. Well, you know, what's horrible is whenever you click that door shut and think, I didn't bring the keys with me. <laughs> There's nothing a more horrible feeling than that when you realize, you know, one click away and your your whole life changes for a few minutes there. So <laughs> Yeah. I know, but it's all it's all good. Um yeah, so what do you so this is totally unrelated to your book, right? But I'm just gonna ask you just random questions. All right. Like asking random yeah. questions, right? So my dad was born in the late nineteen thirties, right? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. So how old is he now? He's 80, 80 something. So one of the things that I feel really bad for him is that most of the people that he used to work with, his work friends, you know, those sort of people, most yep. of them have gone. I know they die off, don't they? <laughs> and it's literally just him and most of the people that are around him and not his age mates, right? They are all yeah. younger than him. So I just feel like, wow, what would that be like right there? You look left and all the people you started life with are gone. They're just gone. And it's like you're like the oldest person in your circle. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm going to be, I'm going to be 78 in March. And, uh, you know, but I'm still fairly, fairly good health, I think. And uh, my wife's about 10 years younger than me. And so she kind of helps keep me going. <laughs> <in a sense. laughs> but, uh, you know, we do a lot of things. We go to the movies and we write, we both write books and we, uh, uh, we both photograph and we go to the museums and we just try to keep ourselves busy. And what I find too, is that there, you can also, if you, you try, you relate to, try to relate to younger people as well. And, and most of them I find that I have, of course, I've always taught college and so forth. So kids were always younger than me, but uh, I always had a good time teaching college. So I guess in a way, and my wife taught some college too. So I think in a way we, we uh, probably can relate to 
is a little bit younger, you know, uh, our people are younger than us, I should say. Although we do have some older people that are friends of ours too, that uh, there's an older lady that's uh, probably five years older than me. And we, uh, we take her to the movies with us quite a bit. And we want to, to do that because, you know, she's kind of by herself now. And, and uh, so she enjoys the movies like we do. And we go to all kinds of crazy movies and love art, art films and foreign films and everything in between. Okay. Well, that's, that's quite interesting. Unfortunately, my mom is no more. So it's like just my dad, you know, the kids, we all try to be around him all the time, but life just gets really crazy these days. Um, But yes, anywho, so tell me about, you know, your book, you know, did you self publish it? Uh, Yes, I did. Yes, I did. And I, and my, my new books I have um, that I'm into now, uh, one, I've got another one just coming out, going to be out in the next couple of weeks. The uh, it's a, a series is called Panther Mount, Panther Creek Mountain series. <clears throat> the first one was called The Big Adventure. The next one that's going to be coming out is called Haunted Pond. And uh, let me tell you a little bit how about how I went about doing these. As I started to write these, I thought, well, I should pull some kids in a, that I know that are in this age range, and ask them and talk to them and see what giving me some feedback. So as I was started writing some of the chapters, I had a half a dozen kids that I knew. Uh, in this in this age range between uh, uh, seven or eight and twelve, and I gave them the chapters to read. And so, uh, because what I wanted to do, I wanted to make the books uh, a bit uh, about the past. I wanted to make them a bit historical uh, about the time period that they were in during the 1950s after the world in the World War II. But I also wanted to make them fun and adventurous and mystery, mysterious and and sometimes spooky as well, of course. And so. Uh, you know, so many kids that I see today have these books from the really dark sides about horror and about uh, all-out uh, uh, space-age wars and so forth and, and science fiction and so forth. And I just wanted to try to give kids something that says we all had a heck of a nice time, a wonderful time, and we didn't have to have all those things. We did shoot each other with, uh, you know, we were cowboys. And uh, we did shoot Indians, which is not nice to say now, but in those days, back in the 50s, that's the way kids played. And we shot each other with our imaginary uh, cap pistols and so forth. And uh, so anyway, knowing that these kids do have, uh, they have all these things now I have to compete with, I want to get these kids' uh, reactions. So uh, I pulled them in and I got these, the advice. And so they started giving me ideas. And one of them said, oh, you got to have illustrations in the book. Don't make them, you know, real... Uh, a real defined, a refined, just do, uh, you know, kind of pen and ink illustrations or something. Another kid says, we need mysteries in it. And another one says, Clyde, you know what? You have, you've started writing this book now and it's just about two brothers. And he said, you've got to put a girl in the book. Because <laughs> he said, remember girls like to read and girls buy books. He said, <laughs> of course. I, he was nine years old. And I thought, well, this kid's a pretty bright kid here, you know? So, um, and another one told me I need a little danger in the, in the stories. Another says you need ideas for making money and so forth. And, uh, but bringing the girl into the story was really fun. I had to get some of uh, my wife giving, giving me some ideas on this, but she, uh, I thought, well, how can I do this? And so what I did, I, I brought a girl cousin of theirs from over the mountain. Her father had died. And so she and her mom moved up on the mountain ridge with the where the boys live. And their mother's uh, sister, uh, their 
their mothers were sisters, the kids, kids and the girl, the boys and the girl. And so anyway, the big thing was the girl, the boys were very concerned that she was going to just simply wreck their life. They weren't going to be able to do anything now that they used to do. So they were going, she was going to be kind of a sissy and she'd have her dolls with her. Well, when she got to the mountain, they found out this was totally different. I mean, she could climb trees as fast as they could. She could throw rocks as hard as they could. She could do everything that they could do, and she was not a sissy. And so they found out they really had a wonderful, in their cousin, they really had a wonderful playmate. Well, they do all kinds of crazy things in the woods and so forth. They run into to rattlesnakes, and they run into razorback pigs, as we call them, which are wild hogs. And um, one of them falls in a well, and they have to get, get him out. And they uh, live through a tornado, and, and they find an old Indian mound, which I found with the kids really liked that because – they kind of found that it was a bit uh, like uh, they they saw it as kind of uh, spirits because there was a a a, a a hawk that I have in the tree up above the mound watching over the mound and these kids that that find this Indian mound which is a burial place way out in the woods nobody even knew where this was uh, they they thought that's the spirit of the Indians watching you know in that hawk and so. Uh, was my little grandson, which is only seven years old, when he read, his mom read him the book. And he said, oh, Papa, when you write the next book, you've got to somehow put another spirit bird in the book. So I have done that. In the haunted pond, there is an eagle that's watching over this haunted pond. And uh, so, you know, that's that's very touching. But the kids are always good kids. They're not, uh, they're not what we call goody two-shoes, but they're good, solid kids. You know, they look out for each other. They respect each other. They have fun with each other and solid caring for each other. They even uh, meet an old uh, mountain peddler on the mountain that, uh, and it becomes a very touching story as they find out uh, that he's uh, struggling to sell a few things along the mountain after the war. And uh, he tells them, but he tells them a lot of things too. He goes back into some historical things with them, but it's all fun. So I try to add a little history into it and uh, to where it's not really a historical novel, but it sort of leans toward that a little bit. But it's okay. always Where is your book available? Okay, it's on Amazon. You can get it on Amazon, uh, Amazon.com, of course. And uh, I also have, uh, now, I do all kinds of crazy things. I also do a weekly podcast myself, smaller, about okay. nostalgic things. And that's called Mama's White Gravy. And that's on iTunes and Breaker and Switch, Stitcher and uh, Radio Public and all those. But it's called Mama's White Gravy. If people want to hear some more of these kinds of stories, about the old days and so forth. I do a kind of weekly podcast on that. Uh, but uh, I also have a, uh, my own uh, my website and so forth. So anyway, when you're ready for all that, you tell me. I don't want to just run ahead of you here and jump around because I could talk a mile. Isn't minutes. that what you've been doing already? <laughs> I know, I know. I haven't given you time to even talk. I, <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, I'm having fun. It's no, been nice. It's that, nice meeting, Abby. That's why. So tell us again, what are the titles of your books? Okay. It's Panther Creek Mountain. They can go on Amazon. They pull up Panther Creek Mountain. Uh, and also, uh, my name is Clyde, C-L-Y-D-E, McCauley, M-C-C-U-L-L-E-Y. And my website's actually ClydeMcCauley.com. And they can find all of my books, my wife's books, uh, about a podcast, everything there. ClydeMcCauley.com, C-L-Y-D-E-M-C-C-U-L-L-E-Y.com. And uh, then go on Amazon. And uh, anyway, we have a – oh, and also, I would like to give away uh, three books on your show, if I could, three of the assigned copies that we can 
make that work? Whatever we have to do on that. Uh, yeah, if you email me the details and we will put it in the description. So okay. ladies and gentlemen, Clyde is doing a nice little giveaway. So we'll put that in the description of the show and then you can come back on my, um, on my website and you can find all the information um, there. So thank you. Um, well, it's come to that time where I actually do have to kick you out. So oh, I'll probably <laughs> say one final word of wisdom. But then if I do that, you'll probably run away for another five minutes again. So maybe not. I won't talk. I won't speak. Go ahead. <laughs> well, everybody, it's it's the Shegalala Salami Show. We've had, you know, our old timer here. Joke, joke, joke. Clyde McCauley. <laughs> Um, you know, it's been, I enjoyed listening to him, you know, it just feels like I've gone back in time. Um, but yeah, so if you want to take part in this giveaway, please do go on my website. It's shegilolasalami.co.uk. So S-E-G-I, L-O-L-A, salami, S-A-L-A-M-I, all one word, .co.uk. Well, everyone, until next time, it's the Shegilolasalami show. Bye now.